podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. Once again, I'm joined by Anthony Haggerty, JP Mason and Lawrence Conley to discuss uh, the latest Glasgow derby. It finished 1-1. I'll come to you first. Anthony Haggerty, you started off the day by giving us a speech. It was a speech by Donny Tomato. <laughs> Donny Tomato. <laughs> or is it Demato? Um and were Celtic up for it as much as you would hope? Was it a performance that gives you any kind of hope? Uh, what was your thoughts about that overall? No, absolutely not. I, I don't know what you have to do to raise this Celtic team to be better than ordinary, but they just both sides seem to be going through the motions today. Rangers were there for the taking. They've done the hard part. They've won the title. They, they could easily have lost today, but Celtic weren't up for it. Celtic just, for, apart from a spell in the first half for 15-20 minutes where they could, if they could have got a second goal, they probably won the game, but second half, just both teams were, I don't know what happened to Celtic the second half. Just There was nobody willing to grab the game by the scruff of the neck and be bold and be brave. See, see the bravest thing you can do is to want the ball in those situations. That's being brave. That's stepping up to the plate. To want the ball, go and create something. Go and do something. Make something happen. Too many guys hiding out there. No caring. Wanting the end of the season. They don't want it as much as the supporters. But I tell you what, if you got 11 guys from Axum or the crowd, we could have performed better. Yeah, that meant something today. Show that it means something. Just kind of back well. You know, nobody capable of, you know, breaching that Rangers defence. In the half. And that's, that's absolutely scandalous. It was certainly a game that seemed to peter out. I mean, you're talking about what is there to play for, as well as the pride, Tony, you've got your Celtic future to play for, um, for many of these players, yeah. and, and the coaching staff as well. Because, you know, I believe that there's been a decision already made at Celtic, but will John Kennedy, for example, from the coaching team still be at Celtic in some capacity? You've got to put your your own stamp on this side. I don't think that's happened. You were talking there about players 
wanting to get the ball every opportunity. One player I felt in the midfield who certainly did show up was Turnbull, but again, he's taken off. Um, I wasn't impressed today by the contributions um, of his his contemporaries. I feel that um, the days of Scott Brown grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck, like you suggest, and even McGregor to a degree, because he's at that stage of his career, um, I didn't see enough of that. I didn't see enough of that today. I thought uh, Ryan Christie was fairly anonymous for large spells of the game as well. If I was to take positives from it, I thought actually, <laughs> strangely enough, I was going to ask the three of you in relation to the loan deals. I think. Uh, Shane Duffy's a write-off, nobody's going to expect him to stay, but we did start three of the loanees today we started off with Elianusi, John Joe Kenny um, and also Luxalt, I actually felt that Luxalt and Elianusi played pretty well, I'm going to come to yourself JP, do you echo what, what Tony says in relation to that entire performance? Yeah, I, I don't take any satisfaction from predicting the scoreline Um I was hoping someone was going to prove me wrong in, uh, in the hoops uh, as the game was sort of petering out. But it didn't seem that way. You know, the second half, if somebody put on the Any Given Sunday speech in the dressing room at half-time, they didn't turn the volume up. Um, and uh, that's that's what I would say about that. Because it's just, it's like Tony said, like there's, there was no there was no blood and thunder there. Um, it was just a game. I know, I know it's weird playing in front of I mean, it's, that's the second game now I've watched at Celtic Park against them and uh, it's just absolutely bizarre watching it with no fans. I mean, you'll never get away from that. But putting that to one side, this game was all about, you know, sort of shutting a few people up and unfortunately they didn't give us any real reason to do that. I know we, we probably should have been 2-0 up. Yes, McGregor's made a, a lot of good saves and again in the second half. But... You know, it's just it was just the, the actual play itself wasn't it wasn't there. It wasn't clicking. There was a lot of times you're just like these are the same players that played a lot of the same players that played under um, Brendan Rodgers and absolutely dismantled um, teams. And it just seemed like the decision making wasn't there at the in, a, in the same way. You know, little fine details just at the last the last third of the pitch where they're just not doing the same things that they maybe did a couple of years ago. And, uh, and and that's why we've drawn one one. You're right. I mean, I counted six, certainly six saves from McGregor. Um, however, some of them, when you're looking at, for example, when McGregor breaks down the left, our McGregor, Callum McGregor, you're looking for the cutback, and there you go. You've got two players waiting for that to happen. But we don't seem to have that cut on edge, JP. Whereas in the past, it was done without thinking. It was instinctive. Mm-hmm. It would appear to me, Lawrence Conley, that there has obviously uh, been a rot set in the Celtic side and the only way that we can really um, get back to what we would expect from Celtic is to have this mass exodus uh, uh, players I mean that that's what it comes down to there, there's players in there who play week in week out who are part of that issue yeah definitely listen Rangers got what they came from they didn't need to put too much in they got to draw their happy they preserved the record out of Celtic where was the energy in the team outside of Diego but then I wouldn't show any energy and desire. And I think it was lacking right throughout it. And it's probably been lacking most of the season. If you get through in one to eleven, Diego's probably get past Mars at that. You say, well, well she's young, he's not made a mistake. Probably best we can say about the defence or the back four. Any midfield. Tumble with flashes, I don't know. Uh, 
And then the, the, your front two, yeah, Ellenus is shooting up well. Uh, I would say that you can't say too much more positive about it, I thought. When you're looking at that though, Lawrence, and you're in the, the dugout, I'm going to come to yourself, Anthony, and you can see that it's fairly uninspiring. The tempo's not there. There's, you don't have that energy. You don't have what you would expect in any game, never mind a derby game. You make the changes. You would expect to make the changes. And I was sitting looking at that after 60 minutes, feeling exactly what Lawrence has just said. And I was thinking, well, you've got to make the change because it was quite clear we had some joy down the left with Luxalt. I thought that was one of the best performances we've seen from Luxalt, to be fair. Down the right, very little. We had very little down the right. John Joe Kenny, for me, you know, when you look at um, the club that he's come from, the kind of level that he's played at, I certainly wouldn't be pushing a boat out to bring him in on a permanent basis. We had nothing really down the right. I don't think that Ryan Christie had his finest game in a Celtic jersey either. You're looking up for that kind of link-up play um, down the right-hand side. We're getting a joy down the left. But at 60 minutes, you put it right. You look at the situation, and there's a couple of different changes you could make to then give you that outlet on the right-hand side. It didn't happen. And then you're looking at some of the other substitutions. Tony, 81 minutes. Um 87 minutes you bring on you bring on Griffiths and Sorrow 87 minutes into the game I mean it is a collective uh, duty it's a collective responsibility when things aren't going right change it yeah. isn't that the whole purpose of having a coaching team on the side of the park who's watching the same game as us 15 minutes into the second half it slowed down to testimonial pace right, you're trying to win the game you're trying to stop Rangers from completing a season unbeaten mm-hmm. as Lauren says urgency the manager the coach should see that I've said this before uninspiring misfiring perspiring right that's what was happening in the second half so you change it you give it 15 minutes and you think nah have to have to rip this up now because th- this game is going to peter out into one each draw from the hour mark you saw that this game was going to finish one each did you not? Yeah, absolutely right? yeah. Yeah. You, you were you know, you don't even be a betting man to say this is finishing one each because as Lawrence rightfully said, Rangers, are, you know, they came and got what they wanted. They've got a point. It's up to Celtic to, you know, urgency, you know, step up a gear, go at them. Fun and nothing of that. And a management coaching team standing back and watching that. Now, Christy, for all intents and purposes, how he stayed on the park is beyond me. Right, how he stayed on the park is, is beyond me. He takes Turnbull off. I always think if he keeps Turnbull on, he's liable to do something. Right, but he makes these changes. What did you say? 79, 87, and 88. I mean, that's actually insulting to the players that you're bringing on because you're throwing them on and saying, try and win this for us. Mm-hmm. You're throwing them on and you're not even giving them any, any coaching. You're just saying, going to go and try and win this for us. He's probably thrown Reed Lefferson on and said, look, first chance you get, just hit it. That would have been his instructions today to Lee Griffiths. I mean, and there, there's so many there's so many changes that we make as well, Tony, where it's like for like. So you're basically, you're expecting, uh, if you take off Edward and you put on Griffiths, you're expecting Griffiths to do better than Edward, given the exact same balls, the exact same space, because you're not changing the shape. And the same way Brown, Brown off for Sorrow, so Sorrow, it's like for like kind of changes. Can anybody tell me anything Tom Rogic did? Did anyone notice that Tom Rogic was on the park? Because when he comes on in the last 10 minutes, what seriously is he going to do? 
to make a change at this stage of the game absolutely zilch and that's a frustration it's been a frustration all season we don't have a, a plan B do we even have a plan A because I always felt the, the style of management that we had under Neil Lennon JP I'll come and ask you for your opinion on this the style of management he had was I'll pick 11 players and the 11 players will work it out for himself because we've got better players than the opposition and that's how I felt that he approached this season we've got much better players than the rest of the, the league therefore I'll pick the best 11 on you go, guys. And there was there's actually been comments from players that have played under him at Hibs who said that. You were expected to figure it out for your, yourself. We've had two occasions where Callum McGregor, vice-captain of the club, has come out after uh, poor performances and said we didn't know what the game plan was. I still don't think we know. And we certainly don't know how it change if it's not working. No, we don't. And uh, I think if you look at... If you take Ryan Christie, I don't want to go you know, two-footed on Ryan Christie, but I mean... His performance today in that position for for Glasgow Celtic, you, you're looking for a far far better return from a player in that position uh, than what you got from him today. I just thought his his touch at times was absolutely terrible. You know, like it was just going away from him every time. Decision making not great. Yes, there was a couple of excellent balls, and that's the flashes that he gives you. And I know that's why you've been a big champion of him. And uh, you know, throughout his time at, at the club, Paul. But uh, I, you know, if that's if that's not a guy I want to see playing for Celtic next season, his head's out the door, and you know, his feet need to follow. Um, I did think Laxalt played well. Um, he impressed me more than he has done for a long time. Kenny, if it's the sort of money that's been banded about, absolutely no chance mm-hmm. uh, for that. And uh, and I'll be sad to see if that, if that is Eddie's last game against them. At, at Celtic Park, that's it's a sad, it's a sad way for him to leave, considering what he's done in the past. You know, a, a few near misses, a yellow card for a supposed dive. It's, it's not, it's not really how you want to remember Eddie in, in these games, is it? Because he's done so much. Yeah, JP, you mentioned Kenny there, and I must admit, I was also disappointed with his performance. I've never actually been blown away with any of his performances, to be fair. I think he's ticked along in many of the games. Of the four loanies that we have, all big, expensive players, would you keep any of them? El Yunusi, Duffy, Laxalt and Kenny. Any of those four you would keep at Celtic Park next season as part of the rebuild? I'd, 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 no, absolutely not, actually. I, I, Laxalt's not going to you know, win me over from today, I still think we need an imposing, you know, uh, stronger uh, guy playing that position that's got a bit more height. I'm not heightist at all, but I just think, you know, if you look at what they have lined up at left back today versus us, and it's a world of a difference really, isn't it? What about yourself? There's a couple of um, heads shaking there, Lawrence. Any of the four that have impressed you enough uh, to make those deals permanent? Listen, there's only two that I would say have got a chance, and that's uh, Moya, Elinousi, and Diego. Uh, Elinousi's shown he's got goals in him. Whether he's going to be consistent enough or, or desire, I don't know. But he's at 14, 15 goals for the season. Diego always shows energy in the park. Would he be better with a better manager? Well, I think that's you know, what a lot of people have been saying this season. The team would have been better with a, a better manager. But the other two, uh, Duffy, you know, we all wanted to work, they just... It just hasn't, and Kenny's just shown nothing. At least Diego and Moy have shown they have the ability. It's just whether we can harness it to make it more consistent, to fit their team better, or whether the new manager can do that. But that's the only two I would, I would consider out of four. Uh, yeah, that, that's it. I mean, you know, Diego's an international left back. We're going to get us better. 
Well, the, the thing for me, I'm going to bring up William Monaghan's uh, point. You're making it on YouTube. Welcome to the show, William. Don't buy the wholesale clear-out requirement. Two really good players can transform any team. Well, what I would say, William, is let's have a look at the 20 players uh, who are part of Celtic's first team today. Uh, and you might be surprised at how many you would allow to go. I mean, Scott Bain has given me nothing that he's going to be a Celtic number one. At 29 years of age, he might feel that he needs to go elsewhere to be that number one elsewhere. He's certainly not a number one for Celtic. And if he was to leave, and um, we've got Hazard as a backup and we bring in a new goalkeeper, I wouldn't be surprised at that. So... You know, there's one player from your, your defensive line, Kenny, send them back to Everton. I, I don't think there's any doubts there. Look, Salt's going to go back to AC Milan. Welsh are going to keep him because he is part of the future. Ayer will probably leave and we know that AC Milan are interested. So back five, you've got one player and it's Stephen Welsh, who, you know, last season was playing for Morton. So I think he's done particularly well this season and I do think he is part of the future planning but it just shows you there's a defence one from five Scott Brown big question mark over Scott Brown as to whether he's going to be playing next season at Celtic Park there's already been supposed interest from Stephen Glass if he was to get the job at Aberdeen Ryan Christie on today's performance and on many of the performances this season um, I'm with JP and yeah I have championed him JP absolutely but um, if his head's out the door his, his feet can follow I like that uh, McGregor you would hope is going to be a player that's going to stick around and Turnbull has been one of the the uh, high points of this season you look at up front El Yanusi he shows flashes but for the price that you're paying uh, year on year, year for a loan deal plus all his wages he's going to go back to Southampton and Eddie is on his way as well so from the start in 11 you've got Turnbull, McGregor and Welsh with a question mark around Brown that's before you go on to the bench Barkas do you cut your losses? Potentially, especially if you get an offer of a better goalkeeper coming in. Taylor might be the first choice left back next season. Duffy's on his way out. Beaton potentially on his way out. Uh, Griffiths, there's a question mark around Griffiths with a year left on his contract. Klamala has done nothing since he came to Celtic to suggest that he's our number nine. Sorrow, yes, I'd keep Sorrow. Roderick can go. And finally, Forrest, I'd keep him. So from a squad of 20... There's a handful of players. There are wholesale changes required at Celtic Park. And that's before you look at the wider squad, Tony. Yeah, I mean, the, the one guy that uh, emailed in, the two players can transform their squad. Yeah, Brian, name them. He's got a point. Look at the Rogers trying to read when even Steen came in. Steen only yeah. said what he was. Yeah, they, I know they, that. You know, it depends on the quality of manager. We're going yeah. to get in, it's going to have a big factor on it, isn't it? So, I get that on try totally, right? But that team needs gutted as we've just went through it, really. You know, we talked about in the first half, after the first half, that we, we need two imposing centre-backs. Mm. That, need a new goalkeeper. need two midfielders, possibly two strikers. Seven players. That's seven, right? Just off the top of my head, right? So, you, some whoever's coming in, there is a big, major rebuilding job going on here. And also, you need if that's the basic, basic guys you're bringing seven, you need that team to gel and you need to hit the ground running. And there's so many variables in this. It's mm. actually become becoming a worrying trend now because there's nothing there today to suggest that there's hope moving forward. And, if, and obviously, you, you've got your new management structure coming in as well. So you have to hope that, as you say, they have a a Brendan Rodgers type transformation I have a hope, hope the new manager gets the money to keep higher Laxalt yeah. was our best player today 
So you yeah. could be looking and going, actually, well, you keep Welsh Iron and that's all out of you know, I, th- I think keeper we all we all know keeper needs addressed, you know, it's been a weakness. Without you know, Kenny's gone, Brown's time's up, but you've got McGregor, Sorrel, Turnbull. There's managers got a tune out of Christie, it was a really poor performance today. Whether a new manager would revitalise him, who knows? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing, Lawrence, but I'm just saying you you look at that team, but it needs it needs major surgery. It does. See, it does. It does. You see the point you made, though, Lawrence. I'll, I'll go back to the point that you made in relation to to when Jockstein came in in, in 1965, and then Brennan Rogers came in. I think we are in a slightly different situation. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Situation in that they were falling off the edge of a cliff. So although we've had the unprecedented success and I would never ever take away from the fact that we've won nine in a row and, and four trebles in a row, um, there's too many of these players that are com- coming to the end of their Celtic cycle. I mean, when Jockstein came in, it was a different scenario because he had coached many of those Lisbon who would go on to become Lisbon Lions when they're reserve team players. He was a reserve team coach. He should never have been allowed to leave Celtic, but we, we allowed him to go because there was a bit of politics there. But he knew that he could shift a few these guys around in terms of their position and get the best out of others um, and with a, a few uh, signings to complement that he built an incredible side Rogers again he, you know he inherited a, a squad that I don't think was coming to the end of their cycle in the same kind of level that we've got now he was able to get the best out of players that now you know all these years later we can't I mean, Scott Brown being the the, the talisman of Rogers' side, a massive part of that, he's not going to be that man for the new incoming gaffer. And I just think that there's so many players, I I think it's optimistic to think that Ayer's going to stick around. You know, not his best game today, but he's one guy that, regardless of whether or not he wants to leave, he's not been like JP says, uh, Christie's been head elsewhere, Eddie's head's been elsewhere all season as well. I don't think Ayers has... Of the three, I'd keep higher. I'd keep higher over Eddie. I'd keep higher over Christie uh, based on this season and the fact that we need that stability. I mean, there was one point today that I was thinking maybe he's an option on the, on the you know, right back, galloping down the right, maybe with Forrest in front of him to breach that, that left-hand side of the Rangers' defence. Does that even, you know, go through the heads of the Celtic coaching staff? I don't know. It seems to be very safe in terms of the like-for-like changes. Somebody's saying here, Turnbull and Rogic, uh, two wages to get one game. It seems like that at times. JP, I mean, Rogic's wages, he got a, he got a bumper deal. He's on 20 grand plus a week. He comes in, he's got that language style about him. He doesn't look as though he's interested half the time. Seven or eight minutes. That's not what we're paying for here. He's only 28 years of age. He comes on that part looking like he's 34. <laughs> I think of it like Prozanetsky with the smoking facts. <laughs> uh, but he's not quite there yet. And I, don't, I, I doubt he smokes either. But no, it's, you know, it's like you said when you're like, oh, what can Rogic do when he comes on? You know, I know that it only takes a few seconds to do something magical in the ball, but I mean, to expect Rogic to do something, especially the Tom Rogic, the current version of Tom Rogic, Rogic to do anything right now in a game is probably asking 
so much and I, I you know as much as it was part of me going wow has he got another you know Hamden finale goal in him I just know that he's not you know and and it's a, a combination of many things the amount of time he spent at the club the fact that he was nearly out the door the fact that we're playing the way we're playing um, it's, it's not ideal circumstances for Tom Rogic to do what he's good at and, and I don't think we'll ever see that again unfortunately and just before I forget I did look at half time um, what to see when to see what happened. You probably know this. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be disrespectful with regards to uh, your ages, um, but uh, when Celtic lost the league and uh, Rangers stopped ten in a row in 1975, yes. five, uh, Celtic won the Scottish Cup and the League Cup, but finished eleven points behind Rangers and finished third actually behind Hibs. I, 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 Ashamedly, didn't know that until there just now. But there you go. That's, that's they still won two cups, so they didn't. It's not as if they just completely fell off the cliff like we've done this. No, season. you're right. But check it as well, JP. I'm pretty sure they won the Glasgow Cup and the Driver Cup as well. Yeah, because Paul Wilson scored in every cup final. Yeah, scored in yeah. four cup finals in Scotland. So we won a quadruple. it's not as dramatic as what's happened this season where we've just you know capitulated in the league bounced out the league cup you know I think we only I think we got knocked out in the first round of the European Cup if I remember looking at the the wiki stats somebody will know in the comments no doubt but um, so didn't do too well in Europe that season either See the big thing for me we've already mentioned them and it's not uh, you know through these uh, misty eyes of looking back and thinking wow I wish I still had them but um, one example of being able to make a change during a game would be Brendan Rodgers he was a master at that I've seen it so often I remember at Ibrox where you know Simonovic gets sent off and you know he brings on a, a forward and he makes that change and you look at Graham Murray and he's doing that thing like that and he's telling everybody to start breathing which is bizarre. But Brennan Rogers had that tactical ability to do that. Um, and again, it's maybe being harsh on Kennedy, he's been thrown into to the situation. But he does seem to just be following the same kind of type as we have done all season with the safe substitutions, Tony, mm-hmm. afraid to make the, the big decisions. I'd be going all out for a win here. Was he just hoping not to get beat between the Aberdeen game and the end of the season? You've got to go out and get the win. You've got to be decisive. I just didn't see what the game plan was from Celtic today, to be honest. didn't seem to be real, any kind of method, any structure. It was just, you know, not even up and at them and have a right good go at them, go for their throats or whatever. Did, did nothing like that, just gutless, to be honest. I find the gutless performance with the odd sprinkling of somebody having a decent game. Welsh, Black Salt, as Lawrence Cornley said. And El Yunusi for maybe twenty five minutes, and that was it. I mean, that that, that was all we got today. Just get back to that. you know. This season's been a complete and utter write off. We get that, but I'm actually worried about next season because next season it's important that you win the league because you're automatically into the Champions League group stages when you win the league next season. And Celtic are a million miles away from that at this particular juncture, and that is a major concern. But you raised you raised that a couple of weeks ago, Tony. I know. You, you, I heard you saying it. You had the actual days lined out. Was it a hundred days before the first game? Significantly less than that now. I know. Right. We don't have a management structure in place, and we have a team that's going to be obliterated by the, the looks and sounds of it. 
and nobody has come out from the club to say, here's what's happened. 90 days before we play, whoever it is. And remember, we're not in the Champions route. So our route's going to be circuitous and no hazardous to get there. And we're no further forward than when we were when uh, Neil Lennon left the club. No, you're, you're right. And this is a problem. We've seen the, uh, the plaudits going out to Aberdeen for the communication, the engagement. Uh, we don't have any of that, even though they've got all the ability to do it and all the technical nows to do it um, at their fingertips, but they don't do it. Lawrence, where are you in relation, Lawrence Conley, to making that change? If we know, if we're in discussions with the management team, I mean, there's a strong rumour that it's um, Harkin and Maresca. Is that going to do anything to keep um, players such as Ayer? You think Ayer might stay? I, I would. I would agree with you, Lawrence. If we had a structure that the club um, knew was in place, and it was going to be a structure where you look at someone, and I'm going to use a name because obviously he's, he's we're emailing back and forward. Ralph Ranyek, right? Who's probably going to be the next Germany manager? But um, you know, if you had that in place, and you're a young aspiring player, he could convince you to stay for another season or two. Yeah, definitely. I don't, I mean, I don't I, think Harkin and Maresca will, though. I, I think Celtic have decided upon the structure, although they've not communicated it. Uh, you know, the rumours are, you know, Harkin's a done deal. And if it's Harkin and Maresca, or I doubt it would be Harkin, Keenan, Maresca. But, uh, yeah, you know, if you could sit and say to a player, look, this is how much we're going to spend on the team. This is the management team. This is the structure. This is how it's going to work. And this is what's going to be different. And this is how it will benefit you. It's a lot better than kind of the non-communication than we get for the club. But, you know, come back to John Kennedy not making big decisions. Well, half-time's always a big decision. You've mm-hmm. got to sit, look, we've lost the goal. Who's playing well? Who's, who's playing bad? How can I make a difference? You know, everybody's got to ask themselves, no matter what your job is, how can I make a difference here? And if your difference is, well, I'm not doing any subs, I'm not doing anything, I'm not changing anything. You know, it's an indictment on the squad or, 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 or the belief he's got on the players that are on the bench. I think it is. There's players that weren't performing today. Chris, they didn't want I think it is though Lawrence I mean we've painted ourselves into a corner here if you're sitting there at half time disgusted as we were with the goal that we we, we conceded right what centre half can you bring on Duffy or Beaton no thanks you know you're looking up front you're thinking I need to make a change up there how many times has Griffiths got us out of jail this season not that often we bang on about his 40 goals um, that he scored in a season that was five years ago now He's averaging 24 or 25 games a season over the last three seasons. So we just don't have that depth of squad that we thought we had. When when you're looking to the bench, who, who's going to come in and make a, make a big change? Could have brought Forrest on at half-time. You know, but then... You know, we knew we were getting nothing down the right. We knew that was a part of the team that's performing badly. There's, there's your chance. A guy that's done in big games, bring him on. And, and when, you, you, you know... But, the subs, if we thought Lenny left the subs, like, it's like, you know, it's Tony's touch that. What were you doing with three minutes to go? Really? It's kind of, I, I don't know, if any of you ever played Sunday League or whatever, but, you know, it's almost as if you get getting bored so you don't feel left out after the game kind of thing with three minutes to go, isn't it? Well, I've gone yeah. to part today. You know, three minutes, really. If you're throwing someone on at that stage and, and there's an increase in the tempo, if you've changed the shape of the side, I, I get it. But it's a like-for-like like change. Eddie on, off for Griff, Brown off for Sorrow, 87 minutes. What change, what difference is that going to make, Tony? Well, I think it's a change. 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 I think it's a
seen a couple of weeks ago that a major part of your resource for the rebuild had to be to bring in a top-level manager. Now, if the rumours are true and it's Harkin and Mareska, wow, you're talking, we're talking a project again. Celtic can't afford another project. And I'm going to bang on about it. You can be the, the best under-23 coach the world's ever seen with the world's richest club. He's not managed at a professional level. He's been assistant coach a couple of places, but he's not been in sole control. And for a guy who's, if it is Mareska, and he lands this job, his first job should not be Glasgow Celtic. I'm sorry. I just, it's not, we cannot go down that route. Well, maybe we are going to go down that route if the rumours are to be true. But if they do, then honest to goodness, I mean, that that's a name that, Season ticket holders will no buy into that either. You know, you have to get on board. You have to capture the imagination with the managerial appointment. And I'm sorry, but it doesn't capture my imagination. Might be in a minority, but I don't think I will be. Tony, I think I agree with you uh, to an extent because, yeah, I, I totally, if you, if you take a step back and look at it, Celtic fans are going to look at that and just be like, never heard of this guy. Why are we not getting a quote-unquote big name but I think you saw with Jesse Marsh ruling himself out whether he has or hasn't ruled himself out of the job we're not going to get a Jesse Marsh at this point and we're not going to get a Ralph Rannick clearly I get that, JP right but we go and get the highest calibre of manager that we can possibly get yeah yeah we go and get the highest and the best that's what I'm talking about is Enzo Maresca the best I don't know 12 months ago you're on this platform eating humble pie and saying, well, mm. I called it wrong. But you cannot fail to be the best under three, under 23 manager with the richest club in the world. I'm sorry, you can't <laughs> fail. Right? <laughs> and if you do fail, then you're no manager, right? People say, no, he's scudding teams seven and eight one. I don't care. It's under 23 football. I, I don't care. It's no professional football. You know, it's well, you know what I mean? It's not senior men's football. So, I'm... I'm you know, that's the way I think, the key, I think the key thing could, could potentially be not necessarily who uh, becomes the manager. And if it's Enzo Maresca, it's more about who he brings in as as his team. Because we've seen with Gerard that Michael Beale's the, the sort of yeah. the chosen one, so to speak. Uh, so he's not, nobody knew who, he, knew who he was. Everybody knew who Stephen Gerard was. But, um, but it took I, three I, years to get it right. Herself to get three years to try and get it right. Well, I don't. I don't think we do, Tony. I don't think we no, do. Chelsea want to wrestle that title back this time next year. That's that's the state of play. And, and see if they, see if they're not thinking like that. Well, they they should be, you know. And I just yeah. find if they're going to appoint that kind of management team, then you're taking a gamble. It's a huge risk. Mm-hmm. That's a risk. It's, it's an absolute throw of the dice. I know it is, uh, but we've been talking a lot about finding another mini me of Ralph Ranick. What if Enzo Maresca is a mini-me? Not of necessarily Ralph Ranjic because he's not worked with him, but what if he's a guy that's like about to you know, blow up, which is what we thought was going to happen with Ronnie Dyla. It's not. He's now at New York, uh, in New York, but I, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know what the other options are. Anyhow, it would be my, would be my choice if you were going to go for the established man. See the problem. The problem, JP. We had a great discussion probably about a month ago, actually, about Harkin and Maresca, and uh, we, we were looking at the pros and cons of it. I think the timing is a problem. If we were sitting here having three or four league titles in the bag, mm. 
at the time of the Ronnie Dyla, you know, uh, appointment. And this was being spoken about. And you would think we were building for the future. That would have negated all the criticisms we've just had about the fact that we have nothing underneath the surface, say the first team, because it would have it would have been that long term plan back then. Having lost the league, it's, it, it probably all go down like a lead balloon because it's not as though we're just looking for um, the short termism of the big name. Tony, you know, you, you're wanting the, the big name because of what they can do as a coach. And it's not just because they've got a high profile. Otherwise, you would accept Keane, which I, I wouldn't have. As I've said before, I wouldn't have him. He's not in my, my, my top list of candidates, nowhere near it. Um, but the big name comes with the caveat that he's also uh, a successful coach. Uh, the big issue with me, with a lot of the names that have been mentioned, is they're going to be getting snapped up left, right and centre between now and the end of the season down in England, aren't they? Because there's going to be managerial casualties down there as they're all is. But I just think the timing of it is going to be the big difficulty for Celtic. I think it's it's good that we're trying to build something. But but Tony, as you say, we need it now. The time is now. It's not, you know, let's build something for three years from now. We should have been doing this years ago. Uh, you know, that should have been the type of appointment that we made around about the Ronnie Dyla time. We should have secured the 10 and then when this managerial departure with this director of football and a head coach underneath him. But they should have secured the 10 first and then the fans would have accepted that, no bother. I think it's a bit unpalatable now because they've blown that and now they're thinking, oh no, we're taking... Because yeah, it's, it's a risk. And I don't have a downer in Enzo Mariska. He's just not got any managerial record to base being the Celtic manager on. And he might well be a, a messiah. And I said, I'll, I'll, if it is Mariska and... A year's time Celtic won the title. I'd be the first to congratulate him. I'll, I'll get behind it, but I'm pessimistic about it. I have to see it, and I'm very sceptical about it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and just because these guys come from Man City and they know this and they know that, do they know Scottish football? Do they know what, Scottish, know what Celtic need? Do they know what Celtic needs? And you hope that Celtic are doing their due diligence and that these guys maybe are in place and working behind the scenes, and all of a sudden they'll get unveiled and it'll be bang, bang, bang. That's what you hope. But at this moment in time, the club doesn't give you any kind of hope going forward. Any You are following blind faith. There's blind optimism here. Just hoping that they get it right. These... These bulletins, uh, Tony, are great because they're a moment in time and you can go through this season and there's loads of them. JP's smiling because I think he knows what's coming. There's loads of them where you can you can say, I told you so because I said that on August the 19th bulletin. But similarly, there's loads where you you know, you know speak about Duffy when he signs, you speak about a Yeti being the best signing in the transfer window um, and you're made to look a, a bit foolish. I'm hoping we look back on today's bulletin and we say, look, look how um, you know downbeat we were that day. Look how negative we were all thinking because that's where we are at this moment in time. And hopefully, the club can do something to wash all of that away. And we're talking in different uh, tones in in a couple of months' time. It's always an absolute pleasure. What a dream team I've had today with Lawrence Conley, JP Mason, and Anthony Haggerty. And uh, I'll see all you guys during the week on your respective days on the Axon Bulletin. Uh, Thank you to everybody for joining us on Facebook, Twitter, 
and on YouTube if you haven't already done so get yourself subscribing to the YouTube channel it's a state of mind um, we now have 17 different shows on there um, including things like Screamer Selica with Boise and Kevin the Soccer Dynamite. Supernova oh, it's always great on a Tuesday night JP um, Soccer Supernova with Amy Canavan um, she'll be back on tonight and various other shows um, from Faces that you might recognise from Axom and others as well so thanks again everybody your support is appreciated and we'll see you again at 12.34 a Celtic state of mind live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.